If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according According to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Look after your joints with Go Healthy Glucosamine 60 capsules, now twenty three forty nine at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Kempe for breakfast on SNZ. We're halfway through the week, 3rd of August. It's a Wednesday. Hope your coffee's warm. You're about to get up and rip into your day. If you're at the gym, wow, good on ya. That's where I need to go. Commonwealth Games is on our TV. Currently watching some athletics. There's lots happening. We're going to talk about it throughout the morning, no doubt team up in Auckland, Aroha, Kez, Joe, Joe, introduce yourself, Joe, it's been that while, how are, uh, it's been a while, mate, how are ya? Oh, oh, okay, I'm okay now, Izzy, I went to Wellington and then I got COVID and gave it to everyone down there, and so I've been, I've been in hiding for about a week, I gave it to my 83-year-old grandma, so I'm, I've been, oh. been hiding in shame, but I'm back now, I feel better. Is grandma okay? Grandma's okay, she's more than alright, yeah. Yeah, it's good, mate. Good to hear. It's great to have you back, mate. Appreciate it. And I'm glad you're smiling. You're up and about. Hopefully the boys will buy you a wee breakfast shortly. A nice wee bat with a nice wee coffee. It's Joe eh, Shell. Joe Shell? 
Yeah, As he's been judge, away. Yeah. Long, he's been away long enough, so he should should have been able to save some money. He hasn't been in here for over a week, ten days. Joe, because I no, no doubt your mum would have bought all your supermarket and all your, you know, little necessities that you need. I, I actually came in yesterday, especially early, to give the boys some bakery items, even though I wasn't even working. Oh. So um, I think I've already done my dash. But you were working. Did... Uh, for Staffy, yeah, but I don't count that as well. You were ratting on us in the breakfast show saying we were eating all those Musashi bars. That's what you did. Ooh. You were giving it to us. Yo. Yo. There's five. <laughs> actually, you said yesterday right. in the Musashi bars that there were t- only two gone. Now there's five, and you're going to blame it on the breakfast show, aren't you? No, no, I stood up for you guys. I said there's no way, <laughs> there's no way Kempi ate any of the Masashi bars. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need no, the Masashi bar. As for Louis, though, he's chomped on two in the last two days. He's guilty, guilty <laughs> Louis Herman, what? But anyway, Kempi, you're good? All good, mate. I was, actually, when I walked out yesterday, I saw Joe sitting down the back there. Mate, he did well bringing in, he must know that I hate pastry. Because he always brings pastries in for the boys, mate. He knows it'll go to the right yeah. people. Louie and Kez, they were hot. they were chomping away on them. But next time you bring something in savoury, Joe looks savoury, mate. Bacon and egg pie, something yeah. like that. Not something with sugar on it. Yeah, I'm not a pastry man. Nah. I'm the same as you, Kempi. Savoury, nah, mate. But... Chicken sandwich would be fine. <laughs> but I mean, I mean <laughs> Louie did bring a nice uh, bit of savouries on, on Saturday. But it's just not what I quite need when I'm a little bit dusty. I'm a little bit dusty when I'm looking at those um, little uh, pastries that Shannon bought. They're lovely. I, I must say, they did get eaten, Louie. Don't get me wrong. They got eaten a day later. <laughs> well, that's good to hear, mate. <laughs> By what, Nala? The dog? Or? No, 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 no. Daisy loves uh, pastries. She's a real pastry girl. But I just, yeah, I'm more of a savoury like Kimpy. And I was putting some cheese on the way of the golf. Yeah. Or, or two <laughs> two times two talking about dogs mate I'm picking my dog up today heading out to Murawai and uh, the local he's a local bruiser he um, he actually lives out at Murawai full time so he, he's not with me in town all the time stays because you know, when when I sort of had him he I had him out the beach all the time and then people fell in love with him so I thought mm. oh well can't really take him away from the people that actually love him so he stays out there mate and <laughs> I go and pick him up every now and then, so I'm picking him up today. He's coming. He's actually coming home for for like a little bit of a sabbatical before he heads back out. Yeah. Gets a bit of town, gets a bit of city life, a few nights of city you life. Love him, uncle. Yeah, man. He's a he's a, a beautiful dog. I'll bring. I'm, I'm pretty sure you let to bring dogs to work, can't you, Louis? I'll bring him in and meet the boys. He's one of the boys, mate. He's, yeah. he's a cruiser. His name's Bruiser, but his nickname's Cruiser because he just cruises around, man. Cruises around, sits down anywhere. And if you've got food, mm. yeah, he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind any type of food, mate. <laughs> I found I'll him one night. What. Here's a story. I found him one night. I found him one night. He walked inside the house, mate. He was all wobbly, like a drunken dog. He's starting getting wobbly. He was yeah. walking around. He was wobbling. I'm going, man, what's up? Like he's, he wasn't looking too good. And, and five minutes later, his eyes started glazing over, and we're walking outside. I said, better take him outside, you know. And he fell over. He fell over like a drunken dog. And it just so happened that next door was a vet lived next to me and out of, out yeah. of Murawai. So the vet ran up and knocked on the door, came down. He said, oh, man, you better get him to the vet. <laughs> so they got him to the vet. And they said, oh, yeah, no, leave him in here. Leave him in here overnight. And went and picked him up in the morning. They said, is there a compost heap around here somewhere and we're around your house? And I went, oh, not my place. But there was two houses down and he'd got into the compost heap 
And I don't know if you know with dogs when they, it's pretty toxic when they eat the eat the compost, and it and it made them that drunk, with you wow. know, the amount of compost they said they got it up, spewed it all up, and um, saved them. But hey, he's a he should have been a pig that dog. I'm telling you, <laughs> he's he gets into anything. And another neighbour down the road, he'd come home every night smelling like spaghetti bolognese. I go, where have you been, mate? And there's one neighbour down the road that just loved feeding him spaghetti bolognese. He actually ended up, he's a staffy, but he actually ended up looking like a kunikuni pig. He was this mm. pig round, like a miniature cow. That's his, another, another guy that calls him a cow. So he's, oh, that's the cow, mate. He looks like a little black oh, Frisian mate. cow. Oh. I've got one of those neighbours. Feeding my dog, feeding my cats. Mandy, Mandy's stealing my pets. Nah, we love Mads, but the pets love her because she doesn't growl them. And, uh, she feeds them every time, and, yeah, they just pretend to live, live over there. So all our neighbours, mate, everyone tries to steal the dogs and steal our pets. But, hey, that's all part of it. We love it. Uh, we're going to talk some cycling today, Kempi, again. Con- the theme continues, and why not? After so much success yesterday, we spoke to Eddie Dawkins, and today we'll talk to a former cyclist, for New Zealand Cycling, Alison Shanks. So we'll look forward to that chat just after 7 o'clock. And following that, time for some club rugby conversations. We chat the Gallagher Shield. 50 years it's taken the Monaco Rovers Football Club to have a chance at the big dance. Jason Meeks is the chairman and will join the show after 7.40 to talk about that this weekend. They bet Varsity over the weekend, Nigel's team, and they've got a chance at the big dance. So there you go. There you go. Look forward to chatting. And then after eight, yesterday they announced the newish look Blackburn side for the Laurie O'Reilly series as Wayne Smith picked his squad building towards the big dance at the end of the year. Kennedy Simon, Chiefs loose forward, was announced as co-captain alongside Ruahei DeMont, and she'll join the show just after eight o'clock. So looking forward to chatting to Kennedy Simon the co-captain of the Black Ferns. And then following that, MPC Draft was with Izzy and Kempe later on in the show. And who Louis you got? will lead that. Louis will lead that. Cool, who do I have? Kempe? Hawks Bay. Come on, Oh, it depends the on the flip of the coin. Come on, the Bay. Black <laughs> or white. All right. Come on, the Bay. Ooh. There's something about a magpie. There's something about... Nah, I'm looking forward to some um, NPC Kempe. It's uh, honestly, it's, it's one of my favourites because it's just a ton of rugby. Like Thursday, there's a game. Friday, there's a game. Saturday, there's a game at 2 in the afternoon. Then you get a 4 o'clocker. Then you get a 7 o'clocker, mate. It's just mm-hmm. rugby galore. Then you got rugby on Sunday. It's a bit like the league, mate. There's always something happening. And, uh, and obviously the test match this weekend as well. So really look forward to... To the, the time when um, the NPC comes around and we rip into it, mate. Taranaki, they'll mm. be strong. They'll oh, be mate, there or love... thereabouts. Stephen Pedofeta will probably get mm. a bit of game time. He hasn't played for a wee while, so he'll probably not notch up a few games for for Taranaki. Looking forward to that opportunity to get in the ABs, but mate, they'll be all right. They'll be solid. Yeah, they'll they'll yeah, they'll be form, uh, perform. I like the, I like the format. How everyone's in the same. Um, division and they were playing for the same yeah. title, so you know that's a, something, a little bit of incentive for them. I grew, up, I grew up watching provincial rugby. You know, it was sort of when that came mm. around, it was the Taranaki games. We had quite a few come out of our, our small town that played for Taranaki. You know, back in the days with Charlie McAllister and Peter White, um, Paulie Martin, um, just to name a few. But one of the big, biggest games I ever seen, mate, was at 
and at the ground in Taranaki, down at um, down at their home ground, and, and they were playing Argentina, and Hugo Porter was playing for mm. Argentina, the number 10, mate. I, was, I just remember standing, and it was back then in those days, we weren't seated, it was standing um, room out, you know, if you're outside the main grandstand, everywhere you, you stood. I just remember standing yep. out up there on the on the terraces watching and going, because he was a tiny guy, Hugo Porter, you know, he wasn't, wasn't a big man, but, man, he could kick a football. And I was like, whoa, how does such a small guy kick the ball so far? You know, in that man's game. I think I was about 12 when I was watching that game. and um, But I got to see Hugo Porter run around with that Argentinian side back then. And I reckon they they had the best jerseys, mate, the blue and white. That's, that sky sort of blue with white, you know, um, stripe on a, on a rugby jersey. You hadn't seen that down here in New Zealand because we're all just one colour, really. We? Like, if you're north, you're green. A full green jersey, you know, if you're south, you're red. <laughs> and then the Argentinians, you know, the flash fellas bring out blue and white hoops. It was like, ooh, they look quite look cool as a shirt. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And, um, and Louis, what are you doing, mate? You got, um, you looking forward to the NPC, mate? Yeah, I always look forward to the NPC. Canterbury need a bit of a bounce back. They've been pretty hard to follow the last couple of years. But we've, we've got a good bay boy um, in charge of Marty Burke. Um, so yeah, Marty Burke. Last Back's time, hot. last time we had a bay a bay boy take up the head coaching role, it went very good, didn't it? We won about a million titles in a row, Razor. So yes. So and he uh, went on to bigger things. So there's a bit of a track record there. I think one at one stage. Canterbury had won nine of ten title NPC titles only about five years ago, and then just didn't quite go well. But we'll um, we'll get that sorted. I'm just kind of in a little bit of kind of like a seasickness, I think you'd call it, going on, trying to figure out where all the com games events are on the TVs. I'm, I'm really battling. I'm trying to find the pole vault. Do you don't know where the pole vault That's is? Cause Birmingham two. Olivia, two. Olivia McTaggart. Is on right now, um, and I, I need to yeah, find. It's up on two. Okay. I've got on Birmingham twenty twenty two two. The because the white ferns aren't going too well. I don't think they are one hundred twenty for six against Sri Lanka. This is pretty much must win as well with the way it, it formats if they want to go through. Um, so they need a little bit of a kick in the last two overs here. That eighteen overs through. They're Tell you what, batting they're, first, they're shredded. Ooh. And these athletes are just so cut, eh? They yeah. are in condition, man. Oof. Yeah, no, you're right. They are. So Ellie Shanks, Alison Shanks, she won a gold at Delhi. Um, she's over mm. there, actually, with the Oceania um, kind of delegation of the Commonwealth Games Athletes Federation or Commission. So she'll be a really interesting chat. She's been in and around the team, um, former track cyclist, so she can talk about the cy- cyclists. Uh, but I'm really fascinated just to see what her read of the event the event is and, and what the feeling on the ground is. Right now, throughout the morning, what have we got to look forward to? Well, as I said, the, the woman's pole vault, Imogen Iris and Olivia McTaggart. Um, we've got some boxing on right now, as well as the White Ferns. Erin Walsh is going up against Elizabeth Oshoba of Nigeria. Uh, we've got the men's high jump final. Hamish Kerr, who's been in really good form leading mm. up to this event. That's at 6.33. We have got the Silver Ferns versus Trinidad and Tobago. You do not want to know what Kez said about that game before the show. Uh, 11 past 7, we've got the men's 50-metre freestyle semifinals, Cameron Gray. Then we've got the women's 50-metre backstroke semifinals, Hazel Overhand. 
We've got men's light middleweight round of 16 boxing, Wendell, St- Wendell St- Stanley. And we have got a free 800-meter freestyle final with Eve Thomas on it at 8.15 this morning. So there is plenty going on as far as the Commonwealth Games goes this morning, Kempi. Yeah, mate. Mm. We're just watching a Kiwi girl here doing some uh, cleaning. What's that? Just a clean. Can't get it up there. That's unfortunate. But my, I'm I'm seasick too. Just watching all the tallies in here um, is <laughs> everywhere you look. You got the cricket, the swimming, the weightlifting, the pole vault. Um, I like the track. The track started. Track and field started. That's what I'm. I'm I like watching. And so, um, yeah, plenty going on, mate. Just not and just not Commonwealth Games like the rugby league. There's all mm. news happening there. Rugby Union, the All Blacks in South Africa started looking at some of that stuff last night. Um, it's going to be a busy weekend. Massive weekend. Busy weekend. Busy weekend. We're going to rip into some uh, league chats throughout the day. Cause news floating around the Warriors that we'll chat about later on the show. But Michael Walker, mate, I know he's your good mate mm. from Waitara. Had a um, horrible accident yesterday at Pakenham. Is he doing okay, mate? Have you heard any updates? I've sent a couple of messages over uh, to Melbourne. Obviously, uh, nothing's come back yet, but um, I've heard just through the grapevine that he's in ICU and recovering with pretty serious concussion after uh, falling at a jumps out. So, a jump out. So, um, yeah, wishing him all the best. He's he's having a bit of a run at the moment because his little baby's in in hospital as well. So, um, wishing and sending him all our our aroha, Mickey. And yeah, you know, he's a tough he's a tough cookie, mate. Hopefully he pulls through okay. Um yeah, I'll give you an update once he once he comes out out of there and we start having a chat. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully he pulls through. Like yeah, signs are saying it's just a little uh, big concussion, which is not, not ideal, but I think it could have been a lot worse, mate. They put their bodies through so much risk and it's crazy, man. You you don't really think about that side of it when when you have the jockeys on top, you just obviously think about the main race. But man, they put their lives at risk. Every single time they jump out, those big ton horses, mm. so much weight behind them, and uh, you know, just something can happen really, really quickly. And and I guess on the other side, if you can understand what the why these um, these tracks be, become a, unsafe and they get abandoned, and for us pundits, we get fed up, we get angry about it. But then on the other side, this is why because we don't want our jockeys to be going to hospital and, and putting their lives at risk so I hope he's doing alright Michael Walker we'll keep you up to date no doubt throughout the show but Louie what yeah. do you got for us buddy okay alright let's do it can't, can't wait, wait question of the day oh, it's like I'm in 10 foot swells out here I still can't f- find the uh, pole vault Tim reckons that the, the, <laughs> the Duke has been or Prime has been the uh, great because I've got most of the Kiwis in action uh, on double eight double three on double eight double three, I want you to come through though, especially Warriors fans right now. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kenatai phone line as well. You're gonna have to come through quick because Kempi's gonna tee off. Kempi's gonna tee off. I can just feel it. Great signing. <laughs> a step forward. Andrew McFadden coming back as a recruitment manager and uh, look a, a player list manager for a lack of a better word for the Warriors. I've seen a lot of people online and a lot of Warriors fans absolutely thrilled with this signing. What do you make of it? Are you glad to have Cappy, as he's affectionately known, back at the Warriors or is it kind of a signing that makes you scratch your head? 0800 Let's talk about it. Andrew McFadden Kempe will be up first after this. 21 minutes past six here with Kempe. Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. You just sit back, put your feet up, Izzy. Sit back and relax. 
Maybe maybe get, have one of these Musashi bars. Just have a little gnaw on that. Oh. Give us a call. Oh, Andrew, one five zero eight eleven twenty one minutes past six. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. I found the pole vault. Twenty six minutes past six. Thank you for everybody giving me a hand there, Richie, Tim, as well. We're following along with that. We've got swimming on as well. Uh, plenty of basketball and the White Ferns. One hundred forty seven for seven. Will that be enough? Can they defend that? In their 20 over match against Sri Lanka. Um, Kempi, just to butter you up a little bit. Morning, boys. Staffies are the best dogs ever. They've got such personalities. I've just been getting a, a couple of texts from his, his number one father, who's my mate out there, Stevie Fortune, said um, he's been in fat camp, the boys down to 22.8 kilos. <laughs> he's a bag of concrete. <laughs> he's a bag of concrete, the Staffy. And he obviously was a little bit heavier than that, but he said, mate, he's, uh, t- it's tough times in fat camp. He found himself a rabbit last night. <laughs> I said, it must be hard for him. He said, you're, you're starving him. He's had to go back to hunting. I hope it wasn't a pet rabbit. <laughs> oh, mate, what it was. There's thousands of them. Yeah, yeah. All right, Andrew McFadden, back to the Warriors in a recruitment or a list manager role. Kempi, you're just you're not giving me positive vibes about it. Now you, nah, look, mate, I've already told us about this morning. So yeah, 1-0 to Louie. He got me a goodie this morning when I first come in. Um, and just to let you know that they wanted to talk about it today on our show, uh, running it straight this afternoon. I don't really want to talk about recruitment because I've put – Put it out there what I think should happen in recruitment. Um, and I, I tend to agree that the, your coach is really your head recruitment guy and you have a, a bunch of guys around them trying to build uh, a development model that, that fills into that recruitment um, pathway. And I, you know, for me, look, I'm, I, the, Cappy's, Cappy's obviously a decent bloke. I don't really know him uh, too much. It seems like a revolving door. At the at the Warriors, um, I do know a little bit about recruitment and development, and I think really what what should happen here is we should go back to being a development club, bringing players through, as opposed to hiring people to try and go and get players to come over into New Zealand. I think there's enough talent here to do that. So, mate, for me, the the um, I'm I'm. I'm just going to wait. I, I'm not going to really mm. comment too much on on this one. I'm just going to wait and see what sort of what sort of role he has. Um, whether or not we're trying to buy a competition, I, I don't really know what what his role is, other than other than um, he's been hired into the guy's um, current position. You know, they've changed that seat, Louis, for a number of years now. You've had this is the third recruitment manager. Actually, it's the fourth. Um, so you had Smith, O'Sullivan, uh, Hot. Uh, Hodges and now we've got Cappy, um, all Australians that don't know New Zealand Rugby League, and I, you know, I don't understand where the development model is going. So that's my take on it. Fair enough. We've got, uh, we've got Joe from Gizzy's come through nice and timely as always. We're going to get some now. You want to hear my say, Louis? That's good, Joe. We'll get to Joe. Joe from Gizzy. Morning, Joe. What do you got, mate? McFadden. Morning. Oh, mate. Hey, Kim, we want us just getting the old band back together. We're going to bring out some rusty instruments for them to keep playing. Mate, get it. let's think about where we're going. Once again, how we keep talking about our strategy, we don't have one. Let's recruit a New Zealand born, someone in our system, someone who can grow themselves along with the game and grow our own players, Kempi. Have a look at what Newcastle did. They're in the toilet like we are. They went and got Pari from... They went to him. He's been director of and general director of sport up at uh, 
up at the Cowboys. Look what he's done there. He's put the systems in place, right? He's on their board, and he's given that up to go home and help out his uh, general director of footy back at Newcastle. They've gone and got somebody who's who's a Newcastrian and said, listen, come home. Now, you'd probably met this guy before uh, in your time, Kempi, but they've gone and taken him home and said, help us. Set up where we're going wrong, right? We'll give you the power, and then you can straighten us out. Give us a strategy, like they did, like the strategy they did after JT left up at uh, the Cowboys, and look where they are now, developing their youth, developing their pathways. Mate, what's this? Under, uh, Cappy's been under, under Ricky for four years. Yep, they went to a grand finals, you know, take my head off to them. But, but where's, his, where's his development and where's his, where's his passport in general in recruiting players, boys? You know, let's like like say, Kempe, let's look within. Like continually, we continually make mistakes. Let's go get the band back together. I'm just waiting for Stephen Cooney to be signed as the uh, new assistant assistant coach, and then we'll be back with the old band, Kempe. <laughs> hey, Joe, you're dead right. Look, I do know Pari, and that is a really good signing by Newcastle, um, bringing him back out of the North Queensland Cowboys into the Novocastrian um, area. It, the, the, and, and Joey Johns, when we had him, he said that, you know, like they're, they're a lot like New Zealand. The Newcastle catchment area is, is a big um, area like Auckland, and they go and um, have gone away from that development model, and that's one of the reasons why they're bring, bringing back Pari. Look, like I said, you know, if you don't really understand New Zealand and the, and the landscape, I don't think coming from Australia is going to fix it. Well, I'll read you what Cameron George, CEO, said about the signing up after the news with Aroha for Kubota that was shaping and building New Zealand. Olivia McTaggart was over successfully at 4.35 in the pole vault and Sri Lanka about to head out into the middle to face the White Ferns attack at the Com Games. What do you make of the new signing? Well, the old new signing. Andrew McFadden at the Warriors. Come through, double eight, double three. <laughs> Zed, 25 minutes away from seven, Izzy. You'll get your take very shortly on Andrew McFadden signing. Uh, I'll just very quickly, and by the way, Imogen Iris was over at that height in the pole vault as well, so that's very successful and good news. They both stay alive for the Kiwis. Here's what Cameron George had to say about the signing of Andrew McFadden. He has a great affinity with the club and with New Zealand. He's driven now to step away from coaching at NRL level and step into the critical era of area of recruitment, development and pathways. We've invested heavily in development and pathways while being based in Australia for the last three years and we have even bigger plans in the space to fill our with our full football operation coming back to New Zealand from next season. Part of his role will be to identify and mentor young coaches in our system He's also got a great relationship with Andrew Webster. There you go. Mm. Okay. Uh, my, my take is uh, this, this signing, the Pathways Recruitment, look, it's, it's been talked about for a very long time. We've talked about it many times on here. If they're going to do this, they, they have to have a presence in the community. It can't be just the big role that he's going to continue on what the Warriors have done over the last couple of years and go to Australia, find these players that are obviously playing really well, they come over here, they just pretty much clip the ticket, they get a wage, 
and we've just seen the same old roller coaster that we've been seeing for the last five years. We need to see change, and if Andrew McFadden is going to make a difference, he has to have a presence in the community. Not only Auckland, but wider community around New Zealand. There is so much talent here in our backyard that other teams have seen it. Other NRL teams have seen it at a real young age. They're coming over and picking up these 13-year-olds, they're going to their families, offering them big deals, universities, and op- opportunities to go to Australia. So we have to start everywhere, not only Auckland, got to get right out in the wider community. And we've just had a message come through about competitions. We need our own competitions in New Zealand. There's a great text message here. Under-20s and senior national comp is needed for New Zealand. You need a comp for all talent in New Zealand to compete and grow in, similar to how New Zealand Rugby has the NPC and the under-19s competitions. I know we had that under-20s, but we need some sort of competition that, that these players can show their talents and then we can pick from that. So, yeah, I don't know Andrew McFadden how he's going to go, Kempe, and I know you... Was there anyone else that could have done this job or, or could have been earmarked to take this opportunity? Yeah, look, I, the jury's out for me with, with Cappy um, getting the role. Mm. I, I just think they could have attacked this a little bit differently. Um, I don't know whether or not it's because... Uh, Webster was here when Cappy was here and now you've brought the old crew back. They want to work together. Uh, but one thing I do know is they don't know New Zealand Rugby League and they yeah. don't know how to encourage... Um, the, basically what you want is you want everyone around New Zealand to send their players to the Warriors, first and foremost. All right, That should be the, the philosophy. How do we create that philosophy of making every player in New Zealand want to play for all the Warriors? All right, At the moment... They've got heaps of DNA issues, haven't they? But if you have a strategy in around recruitment and development that says, well, we're going to bring the best kids around the country to the Warriors, and that's their first port of call, and if we miss some, we miss some, but we've, they've come through our system, that's where you should start. Now, to do that, you've got to understand the people out in the community. Like, you have to understand them. You actually have to understand not, not the athlete, but the people. And this is where this is where they get it wrong. They're bringing someone in that actually doesn't understand how the com- community operates first and foremost. So it's a it's a big challenge for them. Um, you know, like I said, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna put my head up in the rack here and just wait and you know, sort of got a I've got a real affinity to, to recruitment and development. And um, I agree with the text that you do need competitions and you do need development models. But whether they want to create create them on their own in isolation, like they have been doing, it still it ain't gonna work. It's really so simple. The, 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 so Cameron George said, sorry, Luis, Cameron George said he's invested heavily into the pathways, into the recruitment. So w- what does that say to you, Kempe? Where Where is this investment gone? Why aren't we seeing the results? Well, it's been, well, if it's invested heavily, then whoever's giving them the <laughs> advice with that investment is doing a pretty poor job. That's, that's what it yeah. says to me. I don't <laughs> mind telling them that. You know, so you can you can get that money if it is a heavy investment and you can allocate it differently into a development model that gets you the best kids in New Zealand. But you've got to, you've got to know what you're doing. So quite simple, and I've told Cameron George this in a, in a meeting, the biggest problem they got is coaching the coaches in New Zealand. No matter what competitions you have, if you haven't got good coaches, you ain't going to get good talent because they can't spot the talent. Yeah, so... Your recruitment, your recruitment people at the Warriors, they should be around the whole community in New Zealand coaching all of our coaches to show them what they need to, 
to identify to send their best kids to the Warriors. Well, there was a point made of that in the announcement yesterday. That's what Andrew McFadden was going to spend a bit of time doing. Hey, Hayley Jensen has absolutely ripped the leg stump pole out of the opening Sri Lankan's batsman's crease. Uh, sent it flying with this beautiful in-swinging Yorker. So Sri Lanka are none for one. And Leah Tahuhu is steaming in as we speak. So very exciting for the White Ferns there to get a wicket down. Tim says, too many Aussies running the Warriors. And I say, loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. And I'll keep it nice, short and sweet today. I found two that I really wanted to tip out. Ooh, I wanted Wednesday to. Fill up. I wanted to. T- I found two that I wanted to tip out to the family. I did. I really did. And apparently, whoever does their form does it similar to me because other people have found these bets as well. Race eight, number one, one power trialed up huge at the Cambridge Synthetic not long ago. This horse was actually super talented. Uh, he's been away for a very long time, but he's got form lines that are around Miss Cardia, who was a staff at the Marsh Stable over the summer. And 480 into 330, the price is well and truly gone. But if it wins, it wins. And I thought it was going to win at 480, so 330 is probably slightly unders, though. I think the 360, 380 was probably a really nice price. That's race eight, number one, one power. Race number six, number eight, and this is a good race. This is a rating 75 benchmark on a, on a Wednesday, a little bit of a treat. You got Supreme Calm lining up, but a very wide draw. Alchemia trialed up massive for the Alexanders. Uh, it's a very talented mare. They've taken their time with her. They've been patient with her. She's run really good races. The synthetic doesn't worry me. This is the first time racing on it because she trialed up so well. Taiki gets on from barrier eight, knows the horse, and might be one of the better horses racing on the synthetic today. Uh, Dame Vera also in this race that Robbie Patterson's got a big opinion of, but I have to, I'd suggest this is just a starting point for Dame Vera. She does most of her work on those heavy tracks and has a slightly niggly draw. So race number six, number eight, Alchemia. Race number eight, number one, one power. The two I wanted to tip out. And a little bonus, race number three, number three, Cathay Empress for Ben for each way. There you go. Love Racing.nz. You're home for everything thoroughbred racing. 18 away from 7. 0800 That's the number to call to get in the draw for Quizzy Dag. We're going to send somebody to the Gold Coast 500. All you've got to do is win the quiz and we'll throw out a little $50 TRB bonus bet for you as well. 0800 I've seen the quiz. It is tough. So we're going to need lots here. Come and see the quiz master. 18 away from 7. On your radio Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast Five questions for the win Supercars on the line 0800-150-811, you're mine it's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. 
It's Quizzy Dad who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dad. We're going to the go-go. That time, that time in the morning. Louis, what do you reckon? Do a new theme song soon for the Quizzy Bag, eh? Getting a bit repetitive. My ears are hurting. I suppose everyone else's ears are hurting too. Apparently, Kez has got a new one coming. Oh, Keza. Keza, Keza, Keza. Welcome back. All right, let's go. Let's rip straight into it. John from Christchurch. Morning, John. You're not blowing away in this yep. Norwester? Yeah, she's a bit gnarly, isn't it? She's a bit wild through the night, mate, eh? <laughs> She's windy, mate. I thought my house was going to blow over. Crazy, crazy yeah, times. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll rip into it, mate. Good luck. What year did I... <laughs> what year did I, Izzy Dag, score my buzzer-beating try against South Africa in Soweto? Uh, we did have a clue, Kempi. I should know this. talking about it. It's too easy. You read about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, too easy. Yeah, good. Uh, I'll go uh, 2012. 2012. Close. 2012. No. Not 2012, Johnny. No worries, brother. Chat tomorrow. Oh, Brett from Huntley. He'll know this. Brett. What in there? Ooh, I'm going to wake up to walk by the Saturday, Kaz. Ooh, up the bay. I'm really messing with All right. What year? Oh, ooh, 2912, they came. There was uh, 100th. Oh, what year was it? Yeah. Uh, 20, what, did, what did John say? 2012? Yeah. Uh, 2013? Ooh. 2013 is incorrect. Sorry, pretty boy. It's not 2013. <laughs> have a good day. You've disappointed me, mate. I thought you would have known that one. But anyway, have a good day, pretty. Simon from Auckland. Morning. Morning, Simon. What year did I score my buzzer-beating try against South Africa and Soweto? Was it 2010? 2010 is correct. Young, young Izzy Dag, celebrating before he put the ball down. Don't ever do that again, Israel. Anyway, question number two. Holly Norton has successfully made her way to the women's squash final in the comms games. Which country does she represent? Holly Norton. Um, can I have a clue on that one? Loves maple syrup. Oh, is it Canada? <laughs> She just beat Joel King. Oh, the lovely Joel. No worries. No worries. Here we go. Question number three. Who is the Springboks top try scorer of all time? And he's going to be in our show tomorrow. I'd have to go with Brian Habana. Brian Habana. Yes. He's coming on the show in the morning, so stay tuned for that one, bud. Anyway, question number four. How many games did Andrew McFadden win as Warriors head coach? Oh, no, not one of these. <laughs> no clue either. <laughs> um, trying to think how Louis long age. What's that? No, 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 Jackie. <laughs> he had 67 oh. games in charge. You, oh, you have a guess now. Um, we'll go... 
29. <laughs> oh, no mate. way. Simon. Simon, you got it right, mate. Well done. Question number five. Sonny Bolstad was a world and New Zealand champion in which sport? Wood chopping, wasn't it? Well done, Simon. 29. Was that a guess or a Google? Oh, guess, mate. No, I had no clue. No clue at all. I just did the number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Google, mate. No, just a complete guess. Oh, that's a hell of a guess if you guessed. That. Well done, Simon. Yeah. You go on the draw for the uh, Willamette travel trip to the Gold Coast 500. We are under a month out from the draw now as well, so the countdown is well and truly on. And a $50 TV bonus bet for yourself as well. A very interesting well text done, on double eight double three has come through. A very interesting text about a certain rat in a certain kitchen. We're going to get to that after the seven away from seven. The joints with Go Healthy Glucosamine 60 capsules, now 23.49 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. All right, important news because we are going to be hearing the medal ka-ching very soon because uh, the pole vault has... Well, really ramped up, and Anika Newell of Canada has failed at her third attempt at 4.45, which means that Olivia McTaggart and Imogen Iris is uh, both into the top the last four, which is very exciting news for them. So one of them will at least medal. And Kempi, have you seen this message from Steve-O? Which, one, which one's that? Good morning, fellas. Be careful this morning. There's a rat in the kitchen. Staffy's oh, got yes. the spies out. Have a great day. Yeah, we know the rat's back. I sort of put that out there early on. Come on, Joseph. You're back with the A-team, mate. And you're lying to us, <laughs> saying that you're not a spy. Promise, <laughs> I'm not a spy, I promise. Steve-O knows, mate. Yeah, Steve-O knows. And Alison Shanks. I wonder if she knows that Joe's a rat. She's coming up after after 7 o'clock. We'll have a chat to her about cycling. But right now, going to get a coffee. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Wednesday, the 3rd of August. It's just after 7 o'clock. Hope you're having a great morning. And if you're down here in Christchurch listening on 1260 AM, Auto Tahi, well, stay safe. She's windy out there. She's an all western. If you're a Cantab and you know what I'm talking about, it gets very, very windy down south here. But take care of yourself. And if you're in the rest of the country, have a fantastic day in the next two hours. We'll uh, hopefully make that day even more enjoyable. We've got Alison Shanks coming up shortly, former cyclist. She's doing some fantastic work over in the UK. She's going to join us shortly. Following that, we're going to have a chat. We're going to talk some community rugby conversation. Gallagher Shield, 50 years, has taken Monaco Rovers Football Club to head the chance to go to the big dance. Jason Mike's 
uh, is the chairman, and he'll join the show. And then after eight, we'll talk to Kennedy Simons. I just watched Olivia McTavitt tag it, um, do her pole vault. Wow, what pressure. The last jump, 4.45 metres. She nails it. She's got a chance to medal. Awesome work. We'll keep you up to date throughout the morning with how, how Kiwi athletes are going. And we'll hopefully Olivia. And I know there's one other in that. Uh, Imogen Iris. In that pole vault. Imogen Iris. That's it. Imogen Iris is uh, going to be part of that. Four left. Two Kiwis. Let's go, the Kiwi contingency and athletes. And we'll keep you up to date with what's happening in the cricket. The Black Ferns, uh, the White Ferns, sorry, cricket team are taking on Sri Lanka and they are bowling, trying to well, keep Sri Lanka to 147 and under. We'll keep you up to date. But right now we're going to talk some cycling and we're just going to give her a bit of time to find a quiet place because she's busy over there and she's loud and she's amongst all the action. But it's been a good morning. And we're going to keep ripping into some Commonwealth games. What are you watching? What's on the, What's on your TVs? What's on your 300 TVs you got there, lads? We've got the uh, pole vault going at the moment. So, you know, she's, uh, Imogen Iris is just about to jump at 450 for a medal. Uh, we've got the hurdles, heats on, the swimming's going, the cricket, New Zealand, uh, Sri Lanka in a bit of trouble here, 90 for three. So lots happening. And she's just missed that mm. uh, jump at 450, Iris. Hmm. Okay, okay. And Izzy, what else is going on? The other yeah. news for you today that we're going to get to at some stage is the Springboks have named their team for the All Blacks. I know. And it is lethal. There are some big <laughs> boys, big Malcolm Marks back in the front uh, row. Man, it is a big forward pack. So we have to get to that at some stage uh, after we cover the Commonwealth Games. For sure, you know what that says, mate. They're going to go more, more, and even more malls, and Malcolm Marks is just going to roll around that corner and try and beat up the All Blacks. But anyway, that can wait for another day because right now, Commonwealth Games, we need to celebrate and we want to keep talking it. The Commonwealth Games roll on for another day and the New Zealand medal tally will hopefully keep rising. Although, after the efforts of our track cyclists, it's not going to be easy or really possible to keep the pace of gold up. Alison Shanks knows about gold. She won a medal Made out of one in 2010 on the bike in a career that saw her climb to the top of her sport worldwide. Still heavily involved with top-level sport and a recent inductee into the Otago Sports Hall of Fame. Alison is up in the UK in a role representing Oceania at the Commonwealth Games Federation Athletes Commission. She's been good enough to take our call into the show this morning. Good morning, Ali. How you doing? How's the UK? Good. Good morning. Yeah, no, it's going good. It's going good. Beautiful. Hey, tell us about your role. What does what, what your role involve over in uh, over at the Commonwealth Games? Yeah, so I'm uh, the Oceania representative on the Commonwealth Athletes Commission. So a bit of a mouthful, but um, basically yep. we, there's a, one representative for each region of the Commonwealth, um, and we essentially represent all the athletes of the Commonwealth, advocate for them, and um, yeah, it's a pretty sweet role, to be honest. Hey, Ali, you must, you must be enjoying the cycling up there at the moment. The, the, the medal tally's been outstanding by our guys. Oh, it's just been an absolutely phenomenal four days of, like, track racing down in London um, at the velodrome there, far out. Like, I think just the, the fact that, you know, the medal hall, but the number of golds was just, you know, outstanding. And the performances that that team put out, um, yeah, it was just so proud to be a Kiwi. Has this been beyond your expectations? Did you expect that many medals from from most of our cyclists? Like they thirteen plus. 
Oh, look, no, I think, I think it, the number exceeded everyone's expectations. I mean, we always, as a track team, go in with high expectations, but just, yeah, the sheer number, but also, as I said, the sheer number of goals, um, you know, just incredible. Beautiful. Let's touch on your role. So we, we talk about there's a, there's a big title for most of these roles, but just give us a bit of detail. So what is your role involve uh, representing Oceania over at the Commonwealth Games? Like, are you, like, man, personally um, having a connection with all the athletes, or what does it entail? Yeah, so we're a relatively new commission. Um, we're only established uh, 2018 on the Gold Coast, and it's really about advocating for the athlete voice. How do we integrate the athlete perspective into decision-making all the way up to the executive board at the Commonwealth level? So, um yeah, it's, it's, as a representative, you get out and about and you talk to the athletes from your nations in your region um, and then have that ability to feed it up the chain so that decisions that are made at a higher level of governance are made with the athlete at the forefront of those decisions. That's a, um, Hey, Ali, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm just listening to that conversation and, and athletes' voice. I'm actually talking about that later on today in the show. But do you think athletes overall are happy in a healthy healthy place and the discussion, especially with what high-performance sport down here in New Zealand is in the model that needs to uh, look at athletes and their well, health and well-being? Yeah, and I, th- I think it's an evolving space, you know, and for a lot of sports it's a new space, Um and, you know, the likes of cycling, I know have got an athlete um, voice group within Cycling New Zealand. And so, you know, there's that, those mechanisms are starting to be integrated. And so we have to start at the sport level as well. And then obviously at a country level, from a Commonwealth level, then we move up to that regional and then we get to a Commonwealth Games Federation level. And so how do we really pull the athlete perspective from the ground, those daily training environments, and feed it up to those that ultimately make the decisions to run the sport at a higher level. So it's, it's a work in progress, and, you know, especially when we get to an international level, and I'm seeing it here on the ground, I think we need to be put in perspective just how far we've come in New Zealand, and we really are leading the way in this space in a lot of areas. There's still a long way to go, and we can, we can do better, absolutely. Um, but I think when we look at it in the context of in, we're international athletes' voices, we should be really proud of where New Zealand's sitting at the moment. What, what's, a, what's a catalyst? Um, you know, if you're looking back at how well you, you've done and then you, you look at the, the tallies and the way that our athletes and the dramas that are going on in the boardroom have just gone out there and absolutely smashed it, what's the catalyst to change? Is it, is it athletes having the courage to voice and, have it and, and be heard? Look, I think, you know, these performances that we've seen over the past four days on the track have not just happened overnight, you know. They're the culmination of years of hard work and, you know, the likes of Brony Bosa, she was a junior world champion in 2015 and so it's been grinding away, you know, and I think that's what we've seen. Even, you know, the men's endurance team, man, they brought home four golds. It's just incredible and that isn't just turned around, and you know, overnight, so... Um, those athletes have yeah, put in the hard work and amongst yeah, what has been a really public roller coaster ride for the sport as such. And so I think it just shows their resilience. So, you know, they get out there and they do what they do on a daily basis in the background and we're now seeing the, the results there. So, 
I think the sport has, you know, got an exciting future ahead. What are the key dif what are the differences from when you were competing and when you were cycling all the resources that uh, you know at at your disposal to what you're seeing now? Is there any big difference to why we are seeing the success? Like is there it's no magic formula, like they've obviously been for a tough time. I'm particularly talking about cycling. It's been for a tough time, but is there anything different that you can notice that they're doing? Look, I think when um, when I was competing, it was very much sort of campaign individual funding, and now we've got a program. And, you know, with that, as a sport grows, there comes its challenges, which, you know, we have seen. But at the same time, you get a, I guess, culmination of talent in one place, and in this case, it's Cambridge. And so, you know, you can feed, each, feed off each other on a daily basis, and you keep pushing those benchmarks daily. And I think... You know, that, that in itself um, helps to lift the performances. The other piece, too, is, you know, when you look at the men's endurance team, they've been together now for a good number of years. And, you know, their performance in Tokyo, they were like 0.04 off making that gold medal ride and, you know, broke the world record in the process. And so, you know, as I said, like, they've been there or thereabouts. And this week, it's just all come together and, um, you know, they've come away with those gold medals. So it's to show for it. And it's just, so well deserved, and I'm so proud of the whole team. It's amazing. Yeah, who's been who's been some of the great characters in the team this year, um, Ali? That you know, remind you of the, the times you spent on the side. Has there been some some people step up and and you have a good laugh and just um, gel that team together? Well, I think you know the boys with um, Gady and Campbell, and then of course George Jackson with their mullets. Honestly, I feel like I want to take them with some scissors. It's like, come on, boys, clean yourselves up. But the, it certainly adds some character to the um, yeah to the team. And um, you know, obviously, young Elise. I mean, she's just amazing. Yeah. And um, you know, to win three golds, into you know, win every event that she yeah uh, she raced in, just unbelievable. And she's just such a beautiful human. And um, only 22, um, I think, yeah, it, it's just the team has really enjoyed being together and you can feel the culture and the support for each other and their performances of each other. So, yeah, it's just been a, a magical four days to be part of. Nice. Oh, we're going to let you go shortly, Alison, but we're going to ask you, where are you? Where are you at the moment? What are you watching? Right what now, are you supporting? I'm at the athletics yeah. and I'm supporting our two Kiwi girls who are in the pole vault and I'm... Yes. Not sure where they're at now, but we've got, yeah. So we've got um, Olivia and also, oh my gosh, the name is Imogen. Me, of our young, other young Imogen, that's the one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure they're down to the final few. So um, I'm about to head out and um, yeah, give them some support because it's a packed stadium. The atmosphere is amazing, and it's only day oh. one of the athletics, so it's going off here over in Birmingham. Well, you go out there and you voice your support and you be loud and maybe you'll make it on camera and go, hey, we just spoke to you there. We're watching here back in New Zealand. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on, on the show, Alison Shanks, talking yeah. all things athletics and the Commonwealth Games. We're very proud of all our athletes. Keep up the great work behind the scenes, Alison Shanks. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, guys. There she is, having a wee chat. She's right there at the athletics. It looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Is in how's this? So Olivia McTaggart just just missed out on her final attempt, and Imogen Iris got up for bronze. So probably yeah. the so that is let's let's chuck it in the pile. <laughs>
but probably not the result many were thinking. Um, apparently, the first person to congratulate uh, Imogen was Olivia. She was absolutely gutted herself, but she got straight up there and gave her a big hug. So unbelievable mm. sportsmanship. Well, it actually is believable because the Kiwi team, they all get on so well. But there you go. Another bronze medal. Just a, a little bit niggly with the coverage of the athletics. It's kind of been cutting in and out. I don't know if anyone else has been having that issue. Um, it might just be me and my seasickness still. And Sri Lanka, 32 for four. So the White Ferns firmly in control there. So the team is dead set flying. Can you Yeah, man. They're going, they're going all right. They're... Uh... Yeah, look, I think they, they're they struggling. Here's another wicket by the looks of it. No, no, just very close. I'll tell you what, Izzy, I'm getting dizzy. That's here, trying to concentrate and talk at the same time and watch all the black ferns and make, make sure that you don't miss anything. It's hard work. <laughs> oh, Izzy, Izzy, I'm getting dizzy because the TVs are so busy. Oh, we love there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Kez, there you go. There's your tune. I think what I got from there, and Alison Shanks, we we'll get her on again shortly. And I want to ask her the question because cycling we've 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 traditionally done really well at the Commonwealth Games, and we know Tokyo wasn't ideal for most of our athletes, particularly Aaron Gates. He probably didn't um, get the results that he was after. So how do we transition? I know the Commonwealth Games is totally different to the Olympics because there's obviously major nations that aren't a part of the Olympic uh, Commonwealth Games. So how do we transition this so when it comes to those high-pressure moments, which the Olympics are, that's the, you know, that's the, that's the, top, of the top of the log, that's where you want to be and want to test yourself. So how do we transition our Cycling New Zealand program to be able to go to the Olympics and get these medals there? Because you look at the numbers, Louis, if you look at the numbers, they're, they're not actually quite far off to what they're doing at the Olympics. No. Particularly no. even in the swimming, you know? So how do we transition that to the Olympics? Well, like, like I think moments. the interesting thing is, and you could overanalyze it a wee bit, but mm. I think if you just strip it back, these are two-year cycles, and you guys would know better than me, but in two years, your form can be completely different, and you can have a completely oh, yeah. different lead into an event. All of a sudden, you can just be... In, Actually, Ali would be a really interesting person to ask because she was at her peak the year that they took away her specific event, I think the 3,000-metre individual pursuit, out of the Olympics. Mm. She was the medal favourite. She was the fastest in the world. They took that event out of the Olympics. All of a sudden, she doesn't have a gold medal, Olympic gold medal to her name. So those fine, weird things that happen like that. Uh, Lewis Clebert, he's just hitting his peak now. Well, it's not mm. an Olympic year. It's a Commonwealth Games year. So how you time that out and how you try and make massage yourself to be absolutely your absolute best in an Olympic cycle, that's probably the art of being a great games champion, Kimby. Yeah, look, it is. Uh, you know, and it's getting even uh, better. It's getting better and better at, pre- at preparation, getting yourself ready for those um, iconic events like the comms and the, and the Olympics. What, what was really interesting about Ali's chat, though, was about expressing the athlete voice. And I think that's where... Mm. Um, there is going to be massive change over the next three to four years is that athletes are, are now starting to understand that it's actually them that can make a difference, not the people sitting around in seats, but it, but the people that are actually going to compete um, in these Olympics. If you have a look at swimming, because you just touched on that, Izzy, yesterday that came out. So the, the young Kiwi boy that's done really well over there, basically him and his coach have come out and said, man, we go to the Olympics, we're doing Olympic times, but we don't know with the lack of support that we're getting if we can continue to do that. And it's, a, mm. it's the same message. It's like, it's like someone's got a hammer and they're just tapping away on this nail non-stop. And eventually, Mate. the nail they're hitting is the player. 
And the player's mm. saying, stop, enough's enough. You know, you really need to look at us. We're the ones going to do, and, um, going to compete and get the medal. This is what we need. You know, so, look, yeah, it's a, a real interesting chat from her. Yeah. He should never, in the next two years, before Paris, he shouldn't have to pay for a single thing. And I heard Smithy saying the same thing. Gary Hollywood's the coach. It was a great chat with Kirsty and that. Uh, you should go have a listen to that for sure. Uh, Lewis Klubert's, um coach for swimming. Mate, he's got a realistic chance of going to the Olympics and being one of our greatest ever. Daniel Loder, I think, is our last gold medalist in the pool at the Olympics. Mate, he has to get all the resources and everything thrown at him because this kid has talent. So do it. If you're listening, high performance sport, please fund him. Wow. Stay, fund them all. Stay Give them everything. Stay right here because <laughs> I can see Kempi's walking away to the back fence and he's going to come back at us in a second. Cameron Gray, six in a semi final of the men's 50 metre freestyle. Might just be a little bit off the pace there. Sri Lanka, 32 for five. White Ferns, well, and truly in control of that match. And yes, you heard it here. Throw it on the pile. A surprise bronze for Imogen Iris. She definitely wasn't favoured going in there, but she's walked away with a bronze medal and now a Commonwealth Games medalist, You Beauty. 22 and a half past seven. Off the back fence with Kempi, continuing this conversation after this. Here at the Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day, Staffy. with Tony Kemp. Yeah, how good. Hats off to our Commonwealth champions who have done New Zealand proud over the last few days. What a way to wake up in the morning. All our athletes competing on the world stage. The Kiwis lighten up the English summer. How bloody good. But once again, we have swimming New Zealand coaches and athletes, amongst others, saying that their governing bodies are letting them down. For so long, it's been this way. Athletes who are world-class and organisations who are classless, not good enough. Sport New Zealand and High Performance New Zealand need to wake up. Instead of allowing the furnishing of CVs and appointing average people on national boards, maybe it's time for you to listen to the actual participant, the athlete, and respect their opinion instead of bearing it in pointless surveys and average appointments. Athlete voice is probably more important today, at this moment, than any roundtable review. Come on, New Zealand, we deserve better. How many sports need to screen changes needed before Sport New Zealand listen? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. You know what, Kempy, that old saying, that old saying, talent can only get you so far. Talent can only get you so far. Your parents say it to you, hard work. You've got to put in the work and you will get the results. Well, these athletes are putting in the work. And just because they're good athletes, they're the best athletes, they are getting the results. But without that support and the funding in the back room, they ain't be able to gonna do what we really want them to do. It's go on and have really illustrious careers and, and go on and perform on the world stage week in, week out, year in, year out. But without that support from the back room, they can't do it. And it's um I just can't believe we're at this situation. You look at all the other nations around the world, Australia, the support that they give their athletes, America. I know we can't compete because the funding is totally different, but the funding is there. The funding is going out to, what's that, $350. People over overseas are getting from the government. <laughs> you know, like the money is there. <laughs> man. Careful. It could be put into different other, pla- other places. Like, man, it's, it is crazy. It is crazy.
Yeah. You know what? What do you got, Louis? Izzy and Kipi, both yeah. It's actually not too far away from where the All Blacks are at. Just Izzy, when you're talking about talent can only get you so far, they're kind of at a similar spot mm. at the moment. At the moment, funding's one aspect of it. Just I guess um, backroom maturity, organisation. Mm. Administration, administration greatness look at like champion teams around the world what comes first having a solid front office Kempi they're all intertwined you know you know what I mean like the coach the coach and the athlete yesterday around swimming New Zealand they're not the only ones every sport is screaming out for this you know funding we need better we need better governance we need better leadership we need more more money it's all intertwined with the people and, and it's led by the front office like Louis just said but these appointments you know like that, that story I've told about, you know, guys that get on these board tables are getting on there because other sports are telling fibs to say that he's actually really, really good. And they get rid of them out of one sport and the other sport picks it up. And Sport New Zealand know that that happens. They know that person, but they continually give them that seat and other sports suffer because of that appointment. Stop doing that. Love it, Kempi. We're going to hear from Sam Kane. He fronted media overnight in South Africa. Uh, we'll hear from him just after Aroha the News for Kubota. Together with shaping and building New Zealand. And, well, speaking of disconnect, I don't think there's been a bigger disconnect between the All Blacks and New Zealand rugby in a long time. We'll hear from Sam Kane shortly. <laughs> CNZ, we're half past seven this morning, halfway through the show for us, and I tell you what, halfway through the game, Silver Ferns game against Trinidad and Tobago, and it's an absolute clinic from Maya Wilson and her companions, 41 to 9, Kiz, wow, eat your words mate, uh, Silver Ferns are out and looking to prove a point. Very exciting as they progress throughout the tournament. <laughs> what else do we have going on? Uh, the swimming kicks on, continuing throughout the morning. We've got a couple of New Zealanders looking to qualify for the finals and then a final up in the next hour. Bit of sports news around the world. Well, Wade Egan's going to be playing standoff for the Warriors. How, to, how about that? Honestly, <laughs> do you want me to kick off or what? Seriously. Yeah. No, go, we don't have time. Go, Kimpy. Okay, no. Go. I'm not going to. Check off. <laughs> no, no, no. It, mate, honestly, that is the change of the century, isn't it? Uh, look, I know we're all right. See the light, Kimpy. That's <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful you opportunity. I know he went all right, but you know that winger... Grant Anderson for Melbourne, and they picked them in the centres for Melbourne this weekend, mate. They're going to—I'll tell you—if you want to get a try, get it. They're going to score down Grant Anderson's try, uh, down Grant Anderson's side anytime try score. Probably the first try score on that side of the field this week. If you want to go and pick the winger on the other other side of the um, who they're playing against, but mate, it was Grant Anderson he was up against. The guy shot in. Cossie walked over for three tries because he didn't know how to defend. Like. Mate, you're coming up against some pretty decent players this week. I just can't believe that the, th- the three young kids <laughs> haven't had a shot. Where's Volkman? Where's Ussie? You're telling us that nah, they're the Egan, future. They're prob- Honestly, Egan's... Faith, it's, it's probably injury, Kippy. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys wake up this morning saying you're going to wind me up? Because you got me. You've I didn't got me. name the team, mate. It's not my team today. You're both getting me today. Stop it. Um, right. Well, Tiger Woods, he's turned down... $1.3 billion to join the Saudi Arabian-backed uh, 
See ya. Well, to, well, I guess though, interestingly, like with Tiger he's Woods, he's got a billion anyway. He's got a billion anyway, and why would he? He is kind of. But he would have been the first athlete to two billion. Yeah, but it's. I tell you what, his it's with, it's in his interest more to kind of hold the prestige in the events he's won a million times on the PGA Tour. So yeah. I get it. I understand why he hasn't gone, but that was an eye-watering number. Samu Karevi torn his ACL at the Commonwealth Games, playing yeah. sevens. What a massive blow for Dave Rennie as they start their preparations for the rugby championship. Dave will be fuming, Louis. Dave will be fuming. He is a huge loss for the world. How was he, he allowed to there. go? I don't know. I don't know. There's something in the contract he's obviously pushed out. Because he went to the Tokyo last year mm. and uh, pushed on there. So it must be something he's wanted to do. But Dave Rennie will be pulling his hair out, mate, because he is their go-forward. He's their go-to. With Pattaya out, um, he's obviously playing on the outsides. Samu Karevi would be in the he one of the huge. He'd be in one of the first five names down on any All Blacks team. Mm. Sami Karevi is a hell of a player. Speaking of the All Blacks, Sam Kane fronted media overnight, and they've obviously had a lot of thinking to do as they prepare for this rugby championship. These two tests in South Africa are huge. Is he massive? They could mean everything. They could mean everything. And Sam Kane knows that. This is what he said about having to leave after the Irish test and have that week off. The hardest bit after the last game was actually going home for a week. As much as we needed the the, the break from it all, um, it was so so good to get back in Wellington for that two day camp and start putting some putting some work in to, to fix things and um, start moving forward. I suppose it didn't feel like you could really move forward until we started uh, trying to get things or trying to improve and get things right. But how do they move forward? And you've already spoke about the driving malls. Who's going to fix that? Jace has been outstanding. He's uh, he's come in and just sort of taking control and found his feet straight away. Uh, he, he's clearly very knowledgeable and knows what he wants out of out of our forward pack. Um, so we've made some. I feel like we've made some good strides already in the last couple of days. Not surprising, is it? Is he? Mm. Not. Not surprising at all. No, not at all. And I've heard whispers that they're taking to Jace Ryan and what he's about and uh, the knowledge that he's instilling into the squad. And, and you've got players like Sam Kane, who's been around forever. He's been with Mike Cron, already applauding him. But, hey, words can only get you so far. They know what they're up against this weekend, and they've spoken about this. Springboks bring a, a different style of game. I've touched on it, mate. They are the hardest test you'll ever play in that All Blacks jersey. And there's, if you want, want to win back your fans, you want to win back your nation... You go over there, this is where you can do it. This is where you can really stamp your mark and show the nation how much you care. And, and I, I honestly feel like we're going to see it. We're going to see it in, in little bits throughout this series. And um, it's going to be interesting to, to, to watch him. Tomorrow we'll have a chat to the one and only Brian Habana, oh. who is over in, in South Africa. He's going to come on the show in the morning, so make sure you stay tuned for that one. He'll give us a real inkling because they've named a quality side, Louis. It's going to be tough, but, mate. Back in black all day. From one Jace to another Jace, Tess Footy to the Gallagher Shield, Monaco Rovers are back after a half a century hiatus. We'll talk to Jason Mike's chairman of their club after this. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. 16 away from 8 and gee, was it a busy time for club sport around Aotearoa this weekend, Kempe? Yeah, it's been half a century wait for Monaco Rovers, but after the lightning struck twice, they're headed back to the Gallagher Shield final. How good. The Auckland Rugby Premier side had to beat Varsity in the back-to-back weeks if they wanted to qualify for the big dance. And although they did it the hard way, wait until the last moment to pull off the semi-final triumph, the club is just happy to be there. Jason Mikes, 
is the chairman of Monaco Rovers Rugby Football Club, and he's on the line with us now. Morena, Jace. Good morning, everyone. Good hey, morning. Hey, Jace. We we hear it was a pretty uh, a pretty hard story that you've got to tell. Just tell us what's happened over the last uh, ten fifteen years with the club and how you've got them to the top. Yeah, if we go back probably uh, the mid nineteen nineties, I suppose with the it really our club dynamic really started to change with the change of laws around alcohol and just society's trends that were changing, and as a result, you know the club. I think a lot of sports clubs all, all, around, all around our country felt, felt the pinch, whether it was around alcohol laws, uh, other trends around uh, spending, spending time with family and friends in other environments, whereas traditionally the sports club had been a community hub. So, you know, I think our club certainly felt the pinch there. But ultimately, you know, in 2017, when our new, new committee came on board, we just came up with a plan, um, three three stages, came up with some key pillars to work to, and ultimately just some extraordinary commitment from uh, a large number of people. Uh, hours, commitment in terms of time, in terms of sacrifice, personal sacrifices, in terms of uh, belief. And it's all just come to the party the last five years. Even during covid we got through COVID really well financially, and uh, the last the last nine months have just been surreal. So, so what are, what are some of the things that you as a club are going to continue to do to make to make sure that this ain't just a one year wonder or last ten years that all the hard works can just carry on? What are some of the things the club's going to do in the next couple of years to ensure that success carries on? First and foremost, man, it was, it was as simple as uh, getting templates on board, right? So regardless of who's doing what role or responsibility, it's all templated. Um, we've been able to diversify and maximise income streams, which is really important for sports clubs to be able to do that. And uh, when it comes to the role that we've been able to invest in, you know, we've invested in a sport development manager role, which means growing winter, winter sport, rugby, juniors and senior numbers, and then also committing to our summer activities as well. And we're in a place where we can commit to that role um, financially year after year now. So as a result, we can keep bringing in outstanding people to help lead our juniors, help lead our senior rugby programs. And of course, work through summer and engage with the community as well. That's awesome work, Jason. That's Honestly, I, I know exactly what you what you're trying to achieve, um, having worked with my little club down in, in Taranaki, mate. Just talk us through the semi final win, mate, and and how did that last fifteen play out? Oh, look, um, we, whenever I watch uh, the team play, the game finishes somewhere between four fifteen and four twenty, you know. And at, at four past four, I was looking at my phone, <laughs> and it said <laughs> it's four past four, and I'm going. Oh, I just, I just, I just, I just don't know if they can do it. <laughs> it's not long for that final whistle goes. And for 67 minutes, the crowd was silent. You know, like we're just waiting and waiting. And university, their their tackling, their individual tackling was just unbelievable. Um, but in the 67th minute, we got a line break. We actually, we actually breached the line. Went straight through it. Um, two, two support passes and a try. And then 
away she went, mate. Away she went. Um, three minutes later, another one. And then the last play, you know? It's, it's what movies are made of. Like, <laughs> Sell us the movie, Jace. Come on. Oh, mate, it's just... You've got thousands of people around the field. You've got the club room packed. And it's, it's, everyone's cheering and cheering. Then we have the final scrum underneath the post, five metres out. And it goes dead silent. You know, and just number eight picks it up. Two pick and goes to the right. Two pick and goes to the left. And the old first five switch. Running onto the ball at speed. Nothing's going to stop him. Just dives between two tacklers and gets over the line. Oh, um, mate. How yeah. good. That, that is yeah. grassroots. I absolutely love it, mate. We're going to make a movie out of that. If, if, if Stephen Donald can make a movie, anyone can, I say. They've got to win anyway. the final first. They've got to knock off the yeah, pot and snobs so, in these. Okay. 50 the years. 50, 50 years since you've been to the big dance, mate. Tell us about the week. How's the week been? If you're going to get that job done on Saturday, we're not going to jump, oh, we're going to jump ship well, straight hey, to the win straight mate. away. But what would that mean for the club? Oh, guys, we're just... Uh, well, uh, How's the week been? Well, as you can imagine, our social media has just gone through the roof. <laughs> social media numbers are just never seen before in our lives. Uh, we've got 12 sponsored buses. Wow. So look out. Look out. Here we come. <laughs> I don't think, there's, I don't think there's enough pl- parking spaces around Ponsonby for 12 buses. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, yeah, we're speaking with Auckland Rugby and Auckland Transport this morning just because they wanted to know how many buses. And I said, oh, it could be around six to eight, but we're at 12. Good old <laughs> South Auckland is there. <laughs> oh, that's oh, awesome, Jace. Hey, thanks for coming on with us this morning, mate. Um, we're just going to uh, ask one question before we let you go. Um, what's the final score? <laughs> we're going to go crazy. Yeah, we're gonna go crazy. We our team loves our, our team loves high quality fields. Thirty two twelve. Oh, nice! Look at that. He's picked it. I'm on. I'm on, mate. Hey, Jace, well done, mate. All the best this weekend, and uh, hopefully we're talking to you again about uh, what it was like just to get your hands on that shield and lift it up, and the and the night you spent in the club. So go hard, mate. Oh. Go well. Make sure make sure you oh. find some parks and Ponsonby for those buses. Lead the way, chairman. Legend. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> That's Jason Mikes uh, from Monaco Rovers. The first time they've been in the finals for a number of years. Doing a wonderful job. Hey, Izzy, what I loved about hearing about that is that it, he talked about administering the club and putting a paid resource in there to keep the club ticking mm. over through the winter months. <laughs> He's got his head switched on. Honestly, that's mm. exactly what rugby clubs need. If New Zealand rugby uh, were listening, mate, what they're doing is what every club should be doing. They should have a paid person in there running their club. So good on them. They've got their grand final coming up this weekend. Yeah, bang on, Kempe. Uh, text straight away. I know one club that doesn't want the Rovers to win, Ardmore Maris. The coach took all the prems to the Rovers. Ha <laughs> ha, they played in the county's final last year. Oh, <laughs> that's exactly how club sport works. And look, Varsity as well, they were wounded. Got a good mate in that team, and uh, they were very... Have you found him? Oh, he he surfaced. I said, hey, mate, how are you going? (laughs) Oh, he was sending me some clips of some dodgy offsides and everything. They were still very much in the salt locker. (laughs) Seven and a half away from eight. I think, uh, uh, great, good on them. And actually, the game's at Eden Park, I'm pretty sure. So high-quality field. It should be a high-quality spectacle. Go on the Gallagher Shield. Awesome. Uh, Izzy is... Looking at a bomb squad after this as well. We're going to talk some more Commonwealth games. Stay with us. Eight away from eight. Got it away to Dan. Two 
Izzy's Bomb Squad. With so much success at these Commonwealth Games for our cycling team, notching up an impressive medal tally and unearthing some big names that will no doubt have a long, successful future. One of those being my favourite athlete at the Games, Elise Andrews. What an absolute weapon. But the reason I'm writing this is not to talk about the success and medals. It is to talk about where does Cycling New Zealand go from here. It'll be a, it's been a torrid time for Cycling New Zealand backroom as it was revealed medals before athletes was a major driver behind Cycling New Zealand's mantra. And right now, we're at a situation where the medals the team have secured might well and truly emphasise that saying. Will Cycling New Zealand and all the administrators be breathing a sigh of relief? These games might go down as Cycling New Zealand's greatest ever, but this should not, I emphasise not, sweep what has gone on in the past under the carpet. Work needs to be done, genuine conversations, and dare I say it, maybe even changes on the bus. Let's wait and see what comes out of Cycling New Zealand's success after these games. Watch this space. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Yeah, I, I hope they don't sweep that under the carpet, Izzy. That's awesome. Um, mm. Changes on the bus, of course. That What they could do right now is make those changes for the better betterment of Cycling New Zealand because we know all about the... the f- 4,000 page review that they did with all the recommendations that are in there and not one head rolled. Yep, they need to make yeah. those they need to make those changes now to secure Cycling's future. Yeah, I just think we're going to, in case any Dawkins touched on it yesterday, we just got great athletes. We just got very, very good athletes in the Cycling Velodrome and uh, they're doing great things. So uh, there you go, Cycling New Zealand, keep up the great work, our amazing athletes at the Commonwealth Games. Anyway, Kennedy Simon, she is coming up, she is co-captain for the Black Ferns, we're going to talk some Laurie O'Reilly. We're off to track down some McCafe coffees, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Ian Kempe for breakfast on SENZ Wednesday, the 3rd of August, halfway through the week. It's just after 8 o'clock. Hope you're having a fantastic morning. She is beautiful down here, Chris. Chris is out there. I spoke about the wind earlier on in our show. He said, it's not even windy at all, Daggy. Get outside. I just walked outside. She's beautiful. Beautiful. But knowing Christchurch, when she's a blue lit day, well, she gets a bit windy in the afternoon. So expect that wind to pick up later. But for now, we'll enjoy this. Um, Going to talk, uh, well, earlier on we spoke to Alison Shanks. She's a former cyclist for New Zealand, and she's over in the UK, and she touched on the success uh, that they are having over at the Commonwealth Games. Not only our 
um, our cycling athletes that are in the pool, our athletes that are well, doing athletics at the moment. Zoe Hobbs, she's obviously made it through the semi-final. She ran a solid race to come second place. She's looking good to hopefully middle. Uh, we've had plenty more. So we listened to that one, Alison Shanks. We also had Jason Mikes on. He is part of the Monaco Rovers Football Club. They are heading to the big dance this weekend, taking on Ponsonby for the Galaha Shield. We appreciate that. That was some good chat, and he touched on some, well, investing they're doing back into the community to ensure that the club carries on the success into the winter and the summer Yes, so uh, appreciate that. Coming up, we're going to talk some rugby. I'm going to read a few of these messages from Costa. Morning, boys. Brody is a big loss, even though he's not in top form. Who's going to partner Sam? And Barrett needs to have a big game. Well, it might be time to give the keys to Richie. 6-12, and 12, who's starting? Mm, Costa. Well, Costa, there is plenty of debate for the selections, isn't there, Louis? It's got to be yeah. fascinating where they go. And I had a look at the Instagram, and I told you. You, check the <laughs> you can get a you can get a good old inkling. And the, I saw um, Caleb Clark having a run with Quintu Pyre and Rico Ioane. Uh, they were running some form with Bodhi at 10. So that's a potential combination. Do you give Caleb Clark a run? Do you give him a run? Yeah, I would. Or do you let him wait? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Put the, he big, hasn't played put the big man a... on. You need big bodies against the South Africans, so put him on. He hasn't played for a very, very long time. Hey, why don't we ask Kennedy? She's part of the co-captaining for the Blackbirds. We'll ask her who do they start on the left wing. It's time for a McCafe coffee catch-up as the latest Blackburn squad has been named and features a very exciting mix of excitement and experience. Director of Rugby Wayne Smith joined Staffy's show yesterday and described the squad he's picked. Kaito Olsen-Baker, Liana Makele, these are young women who are really able to play the game that we want to play. So we're, we're trying to play a really fast game. We know that playing a traditional game is probably not going to cut the mustard against teams like England and France. So we're using, you know, what our country's good at. Yes, he knows what he's doing. Wayne Smith talking there with Staffy. You can catch that on Staffy's podcast on the SCNZ app. One of the returning faces to the side is star Lucy Kennedy-Simon, who will also come in as co-captain, sharing responsibilities with Ruahe Damont. It's a very special achievement, and Kennedy is with us now. Morning, uh, Kennedy. Uh, how you doing? Uh, morning. I'm, I'm good, thank you. Um, been crazy few de- a couple of days, but, yeah, <laughs> so finally starting to soak in. Mate, congratulations. A huge uh, announcement and it's a great opportunity for yourself. Tell us about that opportunity. What, what are the, how's the role going to be um, shared with you? What are the dynamics that you and Rohe are going to have within the um, co-captaining um, the squad? Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I think Rohe's an amazing leader and I, you know, I was out for the Pack 4 series but I've heard from all mm. the girls that she just stood up and she'd just um, led them real well. I think we'll complement each other well because she's got a ton of experience um, and a lot of confidence. And for me, uh, coming into you know coming back into the team um, and being named co-captain, um, I'm going to learn a lot off her, and hopefully I can um, you know help her out and lead our team well. Hey Kennedy, excited about the O'Reilly series, and, and Wayne Smith touched on the speed of the game that you guys are trying to lift that up and play to our strengths. How do you, how do you think it's all um, taken, the, the Wayne Smith, the speed of it, and of course, you know, coming into this O'Reilly series? Oh, he's just so awesome. Like, we 
I had a little glimpse of the um, game plan when they had their trial match and he just wants to play on top of um, other teams and it makes so much sense and the girls eat it up, honestly. We've obviously got so much natural ability um, and girls just want to keep the ball alive and so that's what he sort of wants to implement in the coming series um, and just hit holes, you know, not fall into structure so too soon. And um, I think yeah, the game plan suits us real well. Nice. Oh, man, I've been coached by Wayne Smith. He is so good. He makes yeah. you work extremely hard. I've asked, the, I've asked all the girls that have come on that have been a part of the Black Ferns, how have the trainings been? How has the intensity at the training been? Has, has, has Wayne Smith rocked you up yet? <laughs> I've heard um, Ross Filippo's um, one of my mentors, and he said, um, you'll know when he's, when he's rocked up. And so we haven't. I haven't had the. Um, <laughs> I haven't been fortunate enough to see that yet. But yeah, it's, <laughs> he's um, he's awesome, and he just gives the girls so much confidence. Um, you know, I've been out for a a little while, but from what the girls have been telling me, it, trainings are just so fast and direct. Um, he just he wants people to let the ball go, and, you know, and and find. Find space if we just hit onto it. So it's yeah, it's exciting stuff, and you know I can't wait for it to come to fruition in this next ser- this upcoming series um, against Aussie. Hey Kennedy, I've I've enjoyed watching the FPC and and the girls running around out there in their respective teams. Have you found them sort of some some new impetus in there now that the they've got a new coach, the fer- the ferns, and and all this new strategy of trying to make the team? Yeah, hundred percent. You just see girls coming out of the blocks now. It's you know, everyone wants to play fast. Everyone wants the ball in their hands, and it's it's exciting. Um, it gives you know gives FPC a bit more speed and a bit more um, just it's, yeah. Sorry, just exciting. Oh, the skill level yeah, no, is honestly the skill level is unbelievable. Like I've found myself yeah, watching yeah. it going, well, man, I'm, I can't wait for the next game to come about. So so well well done on that. Um, just with the, this captaincy, and I, I had Ruhi as a, as an under fifteen on the North Shore side that we took down on a touch tournament. Me and Glenn Osborne. She's come out of her shell a lot, hasn't she? As a as a leader, because she's she was a very quiet young girl, and on the show last week, very articulate. Is that the, her style? Is that her style of leadership? Um, what what do you call that? Silent but deadly. <laughs> yes, that is exactly it. She just has this um, aura of about her where people just want to um, to buy into whatever she's saying. You know, she doesn't say a lot, but when she does, it's um, real captivating. So, you know, I'm just so excited to be able to learn off her um, and you know expand on on the good that she does. Now, don't be humble because everyone we get on here is is very humble and we want to see American-styled answer to this. How's your knee and where, where are you at with your body and your game? <laughs> um, my knee is is so good. So I was out for about 15 weeks. <laughs> um, and, yeah, just rehabbing, making sure I didn't lose too much muscle. But um, I was able to go away and, you know, work out, um, work on my gym numbers and get back into it. So... Yeah, another opportunity this weekend against the Bay. Um, yeah, and we'll just, you know, go let action speak for themselves. I can stand here and say, yeah, yeah, I'm this and that. Have a look. Yeah. 
Hey, Kennedy, have you, have you guys been following what's been going um, on up at the, the Commonwealth Games? And, and who's really impressed you up there at the moment? We've, everyone's watching. What's, what's really excited you and, get, and sort of getting you motivated for your, your shot? <laughs> um, oh, Megan's signal. <laughs> She's a, a weightlifter. And we met her um, in Auckland, and she's so humble. She's so she's just an amazing person, and um, yeah, she's been awesome to follow. Obviously, followed the sevens. My best friend Tanika um, was a part of that squad, and you know they're bringing home the bronze, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, just they're doing some amazing stuff. I've been watching um, the three by the three on three basketball. Um, and that's been cool too. It's just, yeah, so much talent in New Zealand. Eh? We're bringing home, what, 12 gold medals at the moment? Seven silver, four mm. bronze. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been great to watch. If you had to give an event a go, what would it be, Kennedy? What would we oh, see you do? A little bit of weightlifting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, weightlifting would be cool. I'm not fast enough for sevens anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to let you go, mate. We appreciate you coming on the show, and well done on the co-captaining of the Black Ferns. Good luck for the Laurie O'Reilly series, and uh, we'll, we'll appreciate your time. Go well. Thanks, Suzanne. You too. Bye. There she is, Kennedy Simon. She's co-captain with uh, Ruahe Demond. Let's dare to believe like a Black Fern. For ticket info, head to blackferns.com and catch all the action this season. Great to chat to her. What an absolute... Good check and well, mate. Honestly, that they listening to Smithy's comments just there briefly when he spoke to Staffy, just talking about the game that they're trying to play. It just brings back some memories, mate. I've just been tired constantly playing a game. We're like, how do you just keep this up for eighty minutes? But he's very clever at what he does. He'll have the um, conditioning coach right on board. They'll be conditioning very, very hard. They're doing lots of judo, wrestling in the gym, and. Now, I'm looking forward to seeing the results. We didn't really get to see it in that trial um, and against Australia because it was quite wet and we haven't really seen them with a dry nut yet. So I can't wait to see when the when the ball's dry, we can watch these girls. You spoke about it, uh, Kempi, with the skill sets in the Farah Palmer. It is a strong competition this year. You know, you've got Otago that are very, very good. Tasman doing good. Hawks Bay, that's all right, the Tui girls. But, mate, it's, it's a good watch. The Bay. Yeah, yeah the mate. Bay, yeah, Auckland, just the school level. Canterbury, obviously, on another level. Um, mm. But that tagline, let's dare to believe, that's that's what Wayne Smith is saying. Like, just believe in yourself, mm. that you can actually go out there, play a faster style of football that they can't, and don't get tied into their, their structure and their systems that they just want to tell you up and, you know, that rucking, the mauling. And 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 you know all the all the stats of the game. Like, don't be afraid to. I, I, last week I watched the game, and honestly, one of the passes, I was like, "Whoa, that's like mm. really, really good." The vision to see that pass and pull it off around the, around the side of your back to hit the winger right on the chest with the ball in the clear, and I'm going, "Yeah, man, where's the replay? Show me that again." That was really good. So, I look, I hope they, they do have that belief that Wayne Smith is trying to instill in them because they are going to, you know that, against England and France, they are going to need something different to beat those two teams up there. It's not going to be easy. Honest, his biggest ass, but he makes you believe that you're the best player in the world. Every player. Every player. That's what I got from Kennedy when she spoke. He just makes you believe, gives you the confidence that you are 
the best player in the world. If I'm gonna think, if I'm trying to pick my favourite Farrah Palmer player, and she's obviously playing for the Black Ferns, mate, I love watching this chick play. She is so so good. Hazel Tubic, Hazel Tubic for Counties Monaco. Her combination with Ruby Tui, man, she is Resley. I love watching Resley. <laughs> so good, yeah. mate. She's got a pass. She's got a step. She always has a crack. Man, she is a very good watch. I'm loving it. Yeah, no, w- good. W- word of the week, Kimby. Razzly. That's a gizzy, that's a gizzy word, eh, mate? It's the week from Ricardo. Razzly, man. <laughs> a Razzly skucky long box front. What a 72-22 to the Silver Ferns right now in Birmingham with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter of their pool match against Trinidad and Tobago. So they are cruising. Grace Nowicki. On absolute fire, dominating the centre circle, shooting circle, I should say, as she uh, as she tends to do. She's on fire. We got some great messages coming through here. Tim on the Com Game says, "I watched that whole points race yesterday in the cycling. Kiwis controlled that race from start to finish. Their teamwork was epic, stealing silver on the last lap." Yes, Tim. Very good point. And we asked Eddie Dawkins about that yesterday. If you missed Eddie Dawkins' chat, he's another great Kiwi. Uh, go to Izzy and Kempe for Breakfast, our podcast channels, and he actually explained that and why Corbin Strong did what he did and how he managed to do that. Um, and another message from Matt, and I don't really know much about this, Matt, so I might have to do some investigating. Sorry if it's been talked about already, but why on earth is Athletics New Zealand think it's a good idea to admit Eddie Osai and Kesia from the Commonwealth Games? As PB would have him well and truly in final contention, that would be a huge result in an event like the men's 100 metres. But I'm not even a big athletics nut or anything, but a beggar's belief. Hashtag fuming Matt and Blenheim. Mm. I'm not sure about that. I, I don't, I'm not aware, but We'll go to a little bit of digging and see if we can work out what's going on there, Matt. Because is he, you know, you're a massive fan of Eddie. He's a, he's got a bit of a freak about him, doesn't he? Yeah, I met him a couple of years ago. Follow him on. Uh, I think he went to the World Champs. He went to the World Champs not so long ago. Eh? And, yeah, like and two, a, a week team. ago. He went real good. Yeah, yes. So he went really well. Um, I can't understand why he's gone the World Champs and he hasn't gone the Commonwealth Games. That's beyond me. There's got to be something floating on in the background because he's right. Like Zoe, Zoe Hobbs is probably going to push. Close to getting the medal, and you touched on it yesterday, Kimpy. Mm. She's a real, real chance, and I, th- I think with Eddie and hasn't rubbed sun, hasn't ran uh, sub ten yet, but he's I think he's ten one. I think is quickest or ten zero one. Close, really close to nine, running sub ten. So man, he would have gone cr- great guns, Matt. I can understand your frustration. I will go do some digging for sure. Oh, I've got the answer from Karen. Hey, okay, what? Osei and Kesia post uh, has posted one Commonwealth Games B standard 10.12 seconds, but required at least two to make the team for Birmingham. So it's a qualification situation that obviously they set the standards um, they, of what they you had to meet, and he just didn't meet it in time, so he needed two times. Is that a Commonwealth Games qualification or New Zealand Athletics? I think it's an Athletics New Zealand one. Athletics NZ High Performance boss Scott Newman explained it was a cut and dried emission based on qualifying times. Yeah, he's posted one Commonwealth Games B standard, but required at least two to make the team for Birmingham. Um, yeah, kind of. Uh, that's one. That's one part of it. We'll go work out exactly what. But good question, Matt, because he's he's a star of the future. Looking at Elise Andrews right now up on the screen, watching her replay. She's not a star of the future. She's a star of New Zealand sport. Watch her go very close to winning a big Halberg Award in the next year. I think 
She's very exciting. And we're actually right now about to get to the final of the women's 800 metres freestyle. Eve Thomas is in that. We'll get you that result very shortly, along with Pigali Moari from the TAB after this here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. 26 minutes past 8 o'clock. The Ferns have wrapped it all up. We're just waiting for this 800 metre final to get underway for our Kiwi swimmer, Eve Thomas. It's not far away. In the meantime, we've just had a wee Joseph Rat come in here chewing away on a little Musashi bar. So it's an interesting one for, for the record. Snappy, I've got the evidence. I've got a photo of Joe taking Musashi bars. So there you go. The Musashi Police, a.k.a. Afternoons with Staffy. Um, and right now, let's head to tab.co.nz. Paulie Mawati, the party. How you doing, Paulie? Yeah, there's a rat in the studio, what am I going to do? There's a rat in the studio, what am I going to do? I'm going to get that rat, that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to get that rat. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I love Paulie's vibe. Exactly, exactly, Paulie. Was that UB40, Kippy? Yeah, that is UB40, very good. They, They need a lead singer. Now I'm going to put, put Paulie's name forward. <laughs> hey, Paulie, are we, are we in any danger of getting a little promo or something for the Cambridge Synth today, mate? Can you just... Come on, mate. Chuck some in there. What have you... I've had a couple. Well, have you got one going around you like? I do. do. I, actually, got two. I got two I liked. I found them I've yesterday. And they've... <laughs> And, and, and they've been absolutely punted their heads in. I can't believe it. I, the price was lost before I could get to the good people of SCNZ Breakfast. One power in the eighth, 480 into 320, trialled up like a machine, very talented, but only run a couple of uh, races um, and then had an injury layoff. And then in race number six, Alchemia, um, but that's three dollars into two twenty now. With a couple of scratchings, even touched two bucks. So I've missed the market. Holy moly! They have come. boy, oh boy, one power. They've come for they've come for one power. Unbelievable! Wow, we that's about as big as a market move you'd see on a mid midweek anywhere. Yep, a hundred percent. That's wow. That's that's amazing. There, uh, I now don't it's, know. Now it's, it's fine. I, now it's fine. word about. To go. Have we got a bonus back bet for you in races one to eight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, crikey. Oh, I didn't realise Izzy was part of our marketing department. Oh, that would be dangerous. That would, Izzy, what would you do if you were the marketing director of TAB? What would, you, what would the thing you'd do be first? I'd bonus, I'd bonus back bets every week up to $100 on the first six races. Every Wednesday... Every Wednesday at Synthetic, up to $100 return. <laughs> Paul, the the Paul, views yeah. expressed by Izzy Dag are not those of the New Zealand TAB. Can I just say that? <laughs> the Synthetic Symphony, is what you call it. And every Synthetic meet, yeah, $100 bonus back races. Wow. Hey, Paulie, just a question. How's the new boss going? Uh, good. <laughs> well, what do you hear? Oh! <laughs> What's he got to say? Come on, Paulie. Well, he is he? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see, Paul, I actually, I, I, without a gun to my head, actually made a very nice comment about a couple of things that are happening at the TAB. And I got absolutely dragged over the coals by some people on Twitter. God, it's hard to please everyone, isn't it? Oh, don't. 
don't you'll drive yourself crazy trying to please everyone um mm. and i saw your comments as well and i guess the new the, the big boss he's just trying to be um slightly more open um with the industry and um yeah some people like it some people don't and you love it <laughs> <laughs> That's a gold medal for Paulie. <laughs> Throw it on the pile. Another medal. Oh, well done, Paulie. TAB.co.nz. We've absolutely got nothing from Paul today, but that's fine. We're yeah, what com- do you got? Completely derailed the conversation. <laughs> Download the TAB app today and go and have a bet on one power in race number eight at the Cambridge Synthetic. As I said, I thought the price, after the way it trialled, and it just happened to be I watched the trials that day at 480 was insane. 320 now. That is a big market mover, and I can see why. You could do a lot worse than having a little five dollar on that. We are coming up to 29 away from nine. Our official Birmingham 2022 medal tally is not far away with Noel Leeming. And then it's the MPC draft. Yeah, our MPC draft. Izzy and Kempi are gonna be dividing the MPC teams in half. Whoever finishes with the most regular season points at the end of the table avoids shouting the other one and Joe and Kez and me lunch. There you go. 29 <laughs> from 9. Those are the rules and conditions. T's and C's apply. Here's Araho at the News for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ 26 and a half away from nine this morning. The 800 metres are still going on the finals. It looks like our Kiwi girl Eve Thomas is a wee bit off the pace. The Aussies are blazing way up the front. I mean, if anybody's got in a pool recently and just gone for a wee hot lap, you know how hard it is to do two lengths in a row. These 800 metres, these distance swimmers, who are, by the way, going at huge pace, Titmus. Ariel Titmus right away, right now leading from Melverton and Pallister. They're going to complete 800 metres in under eight minutes, and it's just it's kind of hard to fathom. Anyway, that's just my personal struggles to wrap my little brain around that. What we've done this morning, we spoke to Kennedy Simon. She's one of the Blackfern stars. She's co-captain, and she spoke about Wayne Smith and how the women are reacting to the professor. He just wants to play on top of um, other teams, and it makes so much sense. And the girls eat it up, honestly. We've obviously got so much natural ability, um, and girls just want to keep the ball alive. Yeah, they do. And that is the exact way they should play, because if they play like that, they won't be beat. Sam Kane's over there with the All Blacks in South Africa as they prepare for, well, nothing short of a cauldron. He got asked how they're meant to stay confident after losing four of their last five. It's so hard to say as an All Blacks supporter, but that's what they're, where they're at. And as the All Blacks captain, this is his response. I think it's important that we, that we don't focus on all these things that are going wrong because the truth is there's not heaps of things that are going wrong in the top teams are small margins between games. For example, um, the, the last game we lost by 10, but we led in two rolling more tries, which you know, as an All Black four-pack, it's something we... We don't see it as acceptable, so we fix something like that. You know, that's one one big rock that we, we've sorted out. A lot of stuff we are doing well, so we focus on that as well um, instead of always drilling down on what's not going well. 
There you go. Sam Kane focusing on being uh, very much optimistic about what they can do. And the rolling mall, is, he, is that a real easy one for us novices to watch this weekend? If, if we see that the rolling mall defence and then rolling mall on offence is working, is that an easy way for us to realise that changes have been made? Yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, that's, that's their heart, and they got exposed twice in that series, and that's just went a long way for the Irish to get confidence. So, yeah, just watch it because South Africa, that, that's where they'll test you. Up front, all the set piece, physicality, the contact part of the game, they will test you there. And look, uh, I've touched on it quite a few times, and, and my limited knowledge on the rolling more, I've asked some players that have put their heads in there, and they just said, look, it's, it's, a, it's an attitude thing. You've got to put your head. Obviously, in dark places, but you've got to put them in the right places. And you've got to time that, that timing. When that jumper comes down, you've really got to just hit the, the point on, on the back of those uh, rolling more defend, uh, attackers and really just, it's a numbers game. And put your head in those spots. And try, like the biggest thing is when they, you see when teams get a lot of advantage, when they roll off, and they roll off and you lead, lose the defending attackers out the side. So they've really got to find the balance. And I've spoken to Cody Taylor about it. It's actually filling those sides so they don't feel um, have the opportunity to, to kind of roll that mall and, and get that uh, that game line going. So they've got to fill the sides. It's not right behind the ball. Who's calling the it's shots, like a, is he? Who's, who, that makes perfect sense when you explain it like that, like it is a balancing act. But who's who's in charge? Yeah. Is it the halfback that's talking to them or who's talking to them? Uh, well, that's, that's probably out of mind. <laughs> I know who's talking to them. Yeah, I'd say the halfback, he's... I've been uh, when I when I was a part of it, the halfback would spend a lot of time with the the mauling, so he'd be over there with the lineouts and obviously working off off the top when they're throwing the ball, so we could attack off it. But he'd be huge there, uh, Aaron Smith, just kind of telling them whether he's giving them knowledge of where to put their heads. Probably don't know, but he's encouraging them, he's motivating them. Um, I'd just say it'd be just the boys that are there in the now because it happens so quick like you got to put your head you got to fill that gap and then another gap will expose so you just got to have common sense to fill that other gap um, and, and try to stop it um, going around and folding around because that's where they get a lot of advantage so yeah that's my limited knowledge but hopefully I explained it <laughs> 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 did a good job, mate. Yeah, I was in. I was in hook, line, and sinker. You got me. Put your head, put your head in there and, and just make sure it's in the right spot. What about fill um, the holes? Fill the holes. It would, do you reckon now we should ask you, Kimpy? Do you want to do a seminar on scrums and rugby league? Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Pack down, put the ball, and get it back. And you know, and you know, like maybe like twice a season when a forward pack one of the scrums pushes. <laughs> and it's like outcry because they push the other team off the ball. It's like a and the referee thing. and the referee gets a call wrong and lets it go when he's meant to reset it. So you're not allowed to push. You're not meant. You're not meant to. You're meant whoever puts the ball and gets the ball back. That's the. That's basically the rule. Well, but is it? It feels like there's a lot of like meant to. Well, let's go and ask the bunker. <laughs> no, Richie blew it up with that. Weapon from the New Zealand exactly. Defence Force yesterday. Um, Goose has come through as long as someone else. He didn't run fast enough times within the Com Games period. He was a bit off form. And Matt, he's blown up. He just wanted to see him there. Appreciate the passion, mm. guys. Uh, love you coming through on the athletics in the Commonwealth Games. It's just opening our horizons a wee bit. But after this, we're back to rugby because Izzy and Kempi are drafting their NPC teams. Feel free to play along at home. Who knows the most about our provincial game? Kempi of Waitara, Israel Dag of Hawke's Bay. After this on ACNZ. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,
Rumour has it. That's direct audio from the pool house. Is he laughing at you, Kempi, about how much he's going to smack yeah, you in by? Yes. Talk smack, mate. Talk smack. Let's go. Smack. Like Mac. Smack. Let's go, Wade Egan. <laughs> <laughs> Rightio, it's Izzy and Kempi's NPC draft. What we're doing here, Izzy and Kempi are going to take half the teams in the NPC each. We're going to compile the irregular season points when the season's done and whoever in total. So this is about total. Going right down to the bottom, you need to pick your teams wisely. Kez, you got a coin? Yeah, I do. and loaded. Yeah, all right. Give us a give us a toss, Kempi. Your call. Your call. Tails never fails. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Ooh, it's heads. No, it's heads. <laughs> it's heads. Is he drafts first? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hawks Bay. <laughs> Tasman. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Get out Is this heart before head? Or head before heart? No, that's head. Head, mate. That's head. Hawks Bay, mate. First pick in the draft. Goals. You're taking Hawks Bay? Yeah. Okay. Of course I am. Okay. Shows how, uh, how much pride old Kempi's got. Tasman. It's Taranaki Bay. Mate, I got, l- I, got, I got lunch on this. Tasman. <sighs> All right, Izzy, back to you. Yeah. Canterbury. <laughs> Auckland Kimby, slow down, man Can't even write that fast Is he why Canterbury? Because I think Matt Todd's going to have a huge influence on this team They've been flying under the radar Look at their squad, they've got quality throughout I think they've got good this year Kimby, why to, to winning ways Why Auckland? I, I think there's a real nice change in there in Canterbury Why Auckland? Uh, well, because He's just they got he's a good just side. They got a good sign. <laughs> he's, he's guessing, eh? Is he? What, what's fit next for you? Oh, out of two here, I'm going to go uh, Wellington. Oh, the team Kirsty's tipping to win it all, unless she was just lying to Duplessy Karifi. Just lying. Guess got you. What do you got, Kimby? Why cuttle? So that, my neck. that took, it was the sixth pick before we got to Waikato. Interesting. Mm, winners. Um, Bay of Plenty. Bop. Taranaki. No! Eight <laughs> pick oh, in wow. the draft. Taranaki. The, that is hurtful to Doc Van Holidays and <laughs> everyone involved in the region. Come on, boys. Stick with me. Stick with me. County's Manukau. Mm-hmm. Kibi. Otako. <laughs> Otago? That's who it is. Is he? Manawatu. Mm, turbos. Kibi. North Harbour. Oh, sure boy, sure thing. That's it. You got it. Coats for kids. Coats um, for kids. So we're left with the top and the bottom of the country. Southland. Hey! Southland. Yeah, Southland. I'll, I'll take the Tanifa. Damien McKenzie. I'll take the Tanifa. Southland. With Damien Mc... oh, honestly, that might be a steal second to last in the draft. And Kempe mm. finished. Oh, you're going to get smashed, mate. It's Hooks Hawks Bay in the first division, Brett. Of course they are, mate. <laughs> of course they are. It's one division, Brett. They lost the semi-final to Tasman. They're currently Ramphilly Shield holders, eh? I think Get I've got, out of here, Brett. I think Don't I've, wind me up. I think I've just picked first, second, third, and fourth. 
Well, let me go through the teams for anyone wanting the full list. Uh, Izzy and Kempis, just to clarify what we're doing, they've picked half the teams of the NPC each. The winner who compiles the most regular season points doesn't have to shout everyone else lunch. Izzy's gone Hawks Bay, Canterbury, Wellington, Bop, Counties Monaco, Manawatu, Southland. Kempi, Tasman, Auckland, Waikato, Taranaki, fourth, by the way, insulting, Otago, North Harbour, and last pick in the draft, your new home region, Northland. The Tarifa. Hey, it's not about, it's not about who, it's not about one team. I thought you were loyal. It's not about one team. And you've just thrown Taranaki. Why Tara? Take the the eye. Can you oh. tell me, is there an iron team? No, there isn't. All right, there's a lot oh, thought, in the team. But there's loyalty in team. <laughs> you know you're going to get smacked here. If uh, I was setting the odds, just trying to be impartial as possible, if I was setting the odds for who's got the best team, lot, I would probably enlist Kempi as the slight favourite. Very even though. I'd probably put him a dollar, a dollar seventy-five to Daggy's dollar eighty-five or thereabouts, ninety-two, whatever it is. But I think that there's a couple of high upsides that Izzy's got here. Hawks Bay, Canterbury, uh, Bay of Plenty, Wellington could all go. I think they, they're kind of like high, high. Um, they've got a lot of room to move. Kempe, you've got Tasman, you're going to know what you're going to get from them. You know what you get from Waikato, you know what you'll get from the Naki. But then you could go, you could really strike out with Northland, North Harbour. Even Otago sometimes can have bad years. So I think this is going to be really interesting to follow. Mm. I just want oh, updates. Oh, I just want updates in the betting, mate. Every yeah. week, weekly Every updates, week. weekly, weekly updates. updates, weekly update. And uh, look, I'm thinking a Waiheke Island trip. Uh, <laughs> go over there and might get me a nice lobster. Get me a nice lobster. <laughs> oh, I'm into that. <laughs> oh, and then we'll shoot up to Kitty Kitty to the palace. All on Air Kimpy. How good. Air, Air Kimpy, there you go. That's AMPC draft nine away from nine this morning. It's Izzy and Kimpy's Birmingham 2022 middle tally. Thanks to Noel Leeming. Your tech team, this Commonwealth Games. As we wrap up the show this morning, it's been a little bit quieter in the Kaching stakes, but we have had medals with the Lawn Bowls team last night, bronzing, and then this morning, Imogen Iris. What an absolute thrill that must be for her family and herself. Probably more unexpected than most of the medals so far. So in total, New Zealand were third on the medal tally, 26 medals, six bronzes, seven silvers, and still that very strong-looking 13 gold in the tally. Paul Cole to win gold for us tomorrow morning at 4am. We will update that. We'll try and get Colsey on the show. No doubt he'll be more than happy to take the call from us and plenty more medals on the horizon, especially in the track and field arena for New Zealand. Give your tech the winning edge this Commonwealth Games with the experts at Noel Leeming. Smithy, the doyen, up after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.